there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And I want to talk about in this uh, Easter time here about not having empty praise. The message title today is Making Praise a Priority. Making Praise a Priority. You know, there's one thing that's for sure is that children will always see things differently. And <laughs> there was a little boy that was sick on Palm Sunday and he, he stayed at home from church and with his mother and uh, his father returned back from church holding a palm branch the little boy was curious and he asked why do you have a palm branch dad well the father began to tell his son son you see when Jesus came into town everyone waved palm branches to honor him and we got palm branches today for that the little boy replied oh shucks the one Sunday I miss is the Sunday that Jesus shows up I tell you what, it could seem very, very real that sometimes we can look at situations very differently, each of us. And this morning, we are going to approach Palm Sunday like this. This is the day taken into the gospel where the whole city celebrated. The whole city celebrated Jesus. When he came into town, when he came into that city, Jesus rode into the city and people threw palm branches in anticipation of his coming. And, and that's where we get the idea of Palm Sunday. Look at me for a moment. We get this idea of Palm Sunday from the truth that people celebrated who Jesus was. This day was marked in time as celebration where Jesus was worshipped and praised. And it's a bittersweet day. Everyone listen to me right now. It was a bittersweet day. Why? Because that day was the day that we knew was the beginning of the end. But it was also the beginning of the beginning. That was beginning where Friday was coming. The cross was coming. Betrayal was on the horizon. They knew. You see, Jesus knew he was going to be betrayed. He, he prophesied it. He knew it. And so knowing it, betrayal was on the horizon. And so we look at that and we also look at the day that was approaching that Jesus would die. We know that many are in the crowd within these few short days. People are out there and they're, they're out there. And they're recognizing Jesus as he, as he made his way into the city. They were shouting praise. They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then not but a, sh a few short days later, they were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. Friend, these are, this is just a few short days difference. Times change very, very quickly. 
This Palm Sunday, we must be careful not to come to him with shallow, empty praise. You see, as we celebrate the empty tomb this Easter, I want us to understand something, that before the tomb was empty, the praise was empty. Why do you say the praise was empty? Well, let me tell you why. Because some people had praise that was shallow. Some people had shallow praise. Here's a powerful thought. Ask yourself this question right now. Is my praise a priority? When I praise God, is that important to me? Is it so important to me that I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to praise him? Even if I don't understand it, even if I don't get it, even if I look at my situation and I say, you know what? Every single time I go through something, I'm still going to praise him. What if I decided every single time I go through something in my, in my home, in my job, in my situation? Some of you, you're out of work right now. Is praise still a priority? Some of you are struggling with your finances. Is praise still a priority? Some of you have relationship problems right now. You're struggling. A lot of tension happening in the house. Is praise still a priority? Stop and think about that for a moment. Because... I believe that our nation is going through what I call this week, when the Lord dropped in my spirit, a Selah season. A Selah season. The word Selah is in scripture, and it's actually a Hebrew word transliterated as Selah. And it's a word used 74 times in the Bible. It's used 74 times, 71 of them in the Psalms and three in Habakkuk. The word Selah actually means pause, be silent, and think on these things. Pause, be silent, and think on these things. We must come to a place where we realize that we have to stop and think about what is happening in our lives right now. This global crisis, listen, if we don't come out of this better, we've missed a moment. We've missed it. Friends, look at me, every single one of you. If we don't come out of this global crisis better as believers, we missed it. We missed it, absolutely. Because our assurance isn't found in a stimulus or a comforting stat or declining line. Our comfort and our assurance of our jobs, our finances, and everything that we're going through, our assurance is not found in society. It's not found in big government. It's not found in any of the leaders. We pray for our leaders, and it does not matter whether you're Republican or Democrat or Independent or whatever. You need to pray for your leaders right now because I have a burden in my heart that our leaders are, are going through and making decisions after decisions that they need to have wise counsel and make wise decisions. Pray for your leaders whether you like them or not. It is not your job to like them. Your job is to pray for them. Stop thinking you have to like every leader in order to pray for them. That is a pharmaceutical approach. Every one of us should be praying for every one of our leaders no matter whether you like them or not, whether they're in our party or not, and put aside politics and start praying that the leaders will make godly decisions and the right decisions for our nation. Amen? 
It's a global crisis here. We need to handle this with the one that has the globe in his hand. We need, to, we need to be able to trust the one who has the world in his hand. Still, he is in full savior mode. Now listen, I'm aware. I'm very aware that finances change, jobs change, health changes. And trust me, this global struggle has been something for even my family as well. But one thing I realized and I try to instill in my family, my my children and anyone that I come in contact with is this Selah season that we're going through, if we don't stop and think how God can use it, we will then abuse it. We will listen. We will just let it go right by us and we'll never take advantage of what's in front of us. So collectively, we must take a hold of the promises that God has for us. And as Jesus came into that city that day on that Palm Sunday, guess what? He brought with him every promise. He, he brought with him every bit of forgiveness. He brought with him everything that he is liberating all of Jerusalem with. And they were recognizing he has arrived, but their praise was shallow because their praise later become something of very different significance. It became crucified him crucify him why because their praise was shallow there's some people that have shallow praise and you wonder why your prayers aren't aren't making the difference maybe because your life is also shallow today maybe you haven't gone deep enough for God to really do something in your life I encourage you today on this beautiful Palm Sunday, would you be willing to just dive in today and say, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I want Jesus to be the Savior, not just the man who rode in on a donkey. Let's, let's jump into our text here because collectively we must make praise a priority and we look at this in Luke chapter 19. Let's dive in. Luke chapter 19. Grab your Bibles right now. Come on. Grab your Bibles. Luke 19. We're going to begin in verse 35, and I'm reading five verses, five verses. You can do this with me. Read along with me. Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 35. When you got it, tap your neighbor, say, hey, I got it. Say, hey, I got it. All right, verse 35. They brought it to, G they brought it to Jesus. What is it? Well, it was the donkey. He told him to go out and, and, and get a colt. Bring it. And they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices. For all the miracles they had seen. Listen, they took a moment to remember everything he had done. Just like we did just a moment ago in communion. Remember, remember his goodness in our lives. They were doing that. They were praising God. They were like, wow, this is amazing. Look at all the things that God has done. Remember that time that you were blind and you, you couldn't see? Remember that? Remember, this is him. This is the guy. And wow, that's awesome. And they were like, this is him. He's here. He's arrived. They were celebrating him. Verse 38, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. The Pharisees, listen, they're trying to celebrate Jesus. 
And the Pharisees are like, um, they're being too loud. Um, they're not being proper. Um, that's not right. Listen, there's always going to be somebody that tells you what you're doing is not right. There's always going to be somebody telling you your praise ain't right. But guess what? Their praise isn't right because they haven't been through what you've been through. They don't understand what you've been through. They don't know your struggle. They don't know your gory behind your story. And so they don't know why you praise the way you praise. They don't know why you pray the way you pray. They don't know why you evangelize the way you evangelize. They don't know why you, why you fight the way you fight. You fight the way you fight because you've been through, through something in your life. They don't understand. The Pharisees told the crowd, shh, shh. And when they wouldn't listen, they told Jesus, tell, rebuke your disciples. They're being, they're being obnoxious. There's always going to be somebody that has an opinion about your praise. But in verse 40, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, listen here, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Come on, somebody. If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Why? Did you catch that last statement? Did you really, did you really grasp that? Because something was happening that the disciples didn't see. Something was happening that the Pharisees could not see. Something was happening that they were not cherishing the moment. Why? They didn't see it. They were completely unaware of what was happening right in front of their eyes. What was happening? They were recognizing. They were recognizing the Savior. You see, for those of you that don't know, the Pharisees and the teachers... They were the ones that brought hope. Before Jesus, before Jesus brought hope to people, the Pharisees were the ones bringing hope to people. So what happens? They're no longer getting praise. They're no longer getting recognition. Right? It used to be the Pharisees. It used to be the Sadducees. Now, wait a second. This new pastor in town. This new guy with this new approach and new ministry philosophy. Why is he stealing our people? They got upset. And right in front of their eyes, they didn't realize the Messiah was right there. One week they hailed Jesus as the greatest. Five days later, he was crucified. It's amazing how one can be toward God, isn't it? Priorities can shift just because of circumstances. Some of you have lost your praise. Some of you right now listening to me, you've lost your praise over the last few weeks. You've lost why you do what you do, who you are. Can I tell you something right now? You are not, you are not called to wave your praise by your circumstance. You are called to wave your praise by who he is. Not what's happening around you. Come on, somebody. Not what's happening around you, but who has arrived within you. The moment you said yes to Jesus, he came into your life. Your praise should never end. Your praise should never end. Can I get somebody to give me an amen? Give me a thumbs up. Give me a heart or something. Let me know what you're talking about. Yeah? Thumbs up. I like it. You see, Jesus was heading into Jerusalem 
during the Passover, and this was a major celebration. People really took it for a heart. And so I want to share with you a few things and talk for a few moments and look at some of the events that happened when Christ rode into the city on this donkey. First thing is this, the praise of the people. Let's look at the praise of the people for a moment. Throwing their cloaks on the colt, they meant that. And they meant that not so that, um, not because the, the, the horse or the donkey was, was, was cold, they wanted to make Jesus comfortable. They were caring for Jesus. His disciples were caring for Jesus. When they came near the city, there was tons of people cheering Jesus on. Now keep in mind for a moment, uh, there was no radio stations, right? There was no podcast to keep you informed of his arrival. There was no YouTube premieres, no billboards, no public notifications that pop up on your phone, no telephones or text updates, none of those things. You know how they found out? Word of mouth. The only way you could find out Jesus was coming into town is, hey, did you hear? Rabbi's coming. Rabbi's coming. Jesus is coming. Did you hear? And they told each other of him coming. And that's what brought that celebration into the city. They praised Jesus for the miracles they had seen. And this was not a passing event. This was like, if you've ever watched the NCAA tournament, did you ever see college did you ever watch how college students react toward college basketball? Did you ever see how absolutely insane they are? They're absolutely, they're all over the place. Now listen, professional athletes, people go crazy over professional athletes. But there's another level of crazy that happens with those that really are fanatical about their college teams. The NCAA tournament's one of them. People just go, that's why it's called March Madness. It's just so crazy. People all over the place. Can you imagine transform that into a a praise night can you imagine that for a moment look at how that looks look at what when when uh the march madness is happening and the camera's panning and everybody's like whoa, whoa. imagine that but instead they're praising god that's what was happening and so my question is do we have that much respect for god do we have that much excitement do we have that much praise for our savior if he truly saved us of our sins, then we have to ask ourselves, is praise a priority? Because if it's not, listen, it'll change just like the wind. Right? If praise is not a priority, when stuff changes, our praise will too. And we can't afford that. Listen, church, look at me. We cannot afford to be lackadaisical. We cannot afford to be flowing in and out of praise as we feel like it. We need to keep praising God because he is God. Amen? Think about it for a moment. There was no after party. There was no food. There was no entertainment. People showed up just because Jesus showed up. Oh, I long for the day that, that, that people would just show up because Jesus is there. Not because there's this or that or food. How many know church people show up when there's food? Hello? I show up when there's food, right? I like to be where there's fellowship and breaking of bread. That's scriptural. But guess what? There was none of that. There was no live entertainment. There was no, uh, there was no people asking, is this a school night? Nobody. They just got their praise on. Friend, let me tell you something. You are never more freer than you are in Christ. 
Somebody tweet that. Somebody make that your status. You are never more freer than you are when you are in Christ. Is that right? We are never more freer. So here's my thought to you, and this is, my, this is one of those thoughts that came to me that just rocked me as I sat at my desk preparing this message. Don't ever be the person that loses their respect for God and be the last one to know it. Don't ever be the person that loses their respect for God and be the last one to know it. Because there are people that they didn't even know they don't respect God anymore. There are people that don't even know that their prayers are shallow. That's why I have this urgency in my heart today. Don't ever be the person that loses their faith and their trust in God and be the last one to know it. Because everyone around you, everyone around you can get a good assumption of how you trust God by the way you talk, by the way you walk. Because all of that is praise to God. The way you react, the way you act, the way you see life, a lot of people will determine whether or not you know Christ. Don't ever turn away from God and don't ever stop praising him, amen? First thought was the people, right? The first thought was the praise of the people. Second thought is the feedback of the Pharisees. Along with the people who were cheering with Jesus were a bunch of people standing on the side going, I don't like this. This is not the way we do things. This is not right. And I bet some of them have faces that you'd be like, did you just taste vinegar or something? Like, did you just taste something sour? Because they were probably like this. I could just see it in my mind's eye. Why weren't they on the same train? Why couldn't they see things the way everybody else was? Why? Because Jesus stood to gain what they could never win, their hearts. Did you hear that? Come on, I'm going to say that again. Jesus stood to gain what they could never win, the hearts of the people. Because they were so caught up in what they thought things should be like, they were so caught up in what they felt, what they think should be, that they never gave even a frank, a, a single ounce, a, a single moment, uh, an idea that these people are genuinely in need of a savior and you're not it. But they thought they were it. Jesus won the hearts as he walked among the people. And they were like, how could he be like this? Jesus won their hearts. Let me share with you this thought. Here it is. Are you ready? You might want to write this down. Mediocre praise would bring mediocre peace. Mediocre praise will bring mediocre peace. Friend, they hated the fact that Jesus was getting more attention than they ever were. You know why? Because Jesus cared more about walking with a towel than carrying a title. Jesus cared more Listen to me now. Jesus cared more about the towel than he did any title they offered him. They came up with the idea. They said, you know what? Rebuke these, rebuke these disciples. They're following. They're saying the wrong thing. Let me ask you a question. How many of you will get upset 
if somebody does something fun and they could have invited you. Someone did something, a friend of yours. You went where? You saw what? Oh, man, I would have loved, man. I would have loved to see that. Can you imagine? I think to myself, there's the king of kings walking among them. And they're finicking about how loud the disciples are and how things are going. Listen, our reaction of how people are blessed around us is a clear indication of where our heart is. The Pharisees were so caught up in everybody's reaction that they never even considered their own. They're worried about everybody else's reaction that they never even took into account their own. See, we can't do God's work submerged in jealousy. These men did what they did out of jealousy, a power struggle, and we can't do that and serve God. It doesn't allow praise to be a priority. And my third thought is simply this. One of the reasons why the body of Christ isn't as effective is sometimes we forget Jesus responded like this. One of the best verses in verse 40, he responded in verse 40. Read it with me for a moment. It said simply this. Let me find it here. I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stone will cry out. Jesus was always smarter than the Pharisees. He's always been. He understood what it was like to, 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 to walk this earth and they'd be hurting people. And he also didn't understand how they could walk this earth and not feel the hurt. Jesus was wiser than the Pharisees. Jesus is more powerful than they give him credit. Jesus could use the stones if he wanted to. He said, if, you, if, if they don't praise, the rocks will cry out. Why? Because God will always receive praise. God will always receive praise. Why? Because he's worthy. Why? Because there's more to this job than checking off a box and saying, I went to church today. Or checking off a box and saying, I read a, a scripture today. Christianity has everything to do with how we see God, how we see our neighbors, and then how does God respond to us and how do we receive that? Christianity is all about us loving God and loving people. And when we do that, we're not, it's not a one-way street. God then returns and tells us how we can do better, how we can follow him better. And he responds to us and he says, listen, he says to each of us, if you don't allow this to happen, rocks are going to cry out. Imagine if your company, and this has happened to some people, I'm sure. Imagine if your company decided that they don't need you anymore. They're going to just hire robots to do your job. I'm sure, like me, I would probably be very upset if I found out that they're going to, they're going to just build a robot to do my job. They're going to build a robot. And, you know, that's happening in fast food places now. I got to go in. I got to touch a screen and add extra sour cream on my taco or something like that. You got you to do all this extra work yourself. I used to be able to talk to a person. Now they have computer. People are upset about that. Why? It's taking jobs, right? You know what? I'll be terribly upset if I don't give God praise and a rock cries out on my behalf. That's, 
I can't fathom that idea that a rock would open up its mouth and praise because we don't typically see rocks with mouths. But if we think about it, what is he saying? Nature, the world, the things I created. Creation always, always gives honor to the creator. My question is, if your creation, do you always give honor to your creator? Is praise, look at me now, is praise a priority? Is praising God something important to you? If it isn't, it's something to think about. Because what happens is, we often find ourselves in a situation where, you know what? He was Savior, but now crucify him. Every time we sin and we discredit God for what he's done for us, all we're saying is crucify him, crucify I need more forgiveness, crucify him. I tell you what, there's nothing in this world that breaks the heart of God more than him, us not seeing what he did for us. Trust me, when he returns, vindication is all his. But I'd rather bow my knee now than later. As the media team helps me out here, I want to wrap up today's message with this thought for a moment. Just think about this for a moment. If you're sitting there, maybe in your living room, office, maybe you're sitting on your recliner with your device, your family, maybe you're sitting by yourself. I want you to think about this for a moment. When the billionaire Howard Hughes died, the public relations director of Suma Corporation, which was the third largest oil service in the country asked the casinos in Las Vegas where Hughes had a lot of his holdings they contacted the casinos and they said would you give him a moment of silence one minute of silence out of respect for this man who built this entire thing and the message went out over all the public intercom systems throughout the entire casino and what was normally a very noisy casino for a moment it fell real silent. All the housewives and big rollers slightly uncomfortable for a moment because everything got real quiet. They were clutching their paper cups and coins sitting at their slot machines. All the blackjack games were paused Everybody at the crap tables with the, the stickmen cradled their dice and the, all the men had their wands and they were finishing up. It was at that moment that one of the men looked up, looked at his watch and said, okay, he's had his minute. Let's play. Here's a man who built and had a large part of building this entire casino. And they said, oh, he had his minute. Let's play again. You know, I wonder sometimes if there's many of us that maybe approach Jesus that way. We think, oh, he had his minute. He had his hour on Sunday. Oh, the internet broadcast is over. Now I can go about my life as normal. Never letting it sink deep. He rode on the donkey into Jerusalem. They celebrated him. 
five days later, they're spitting at him, yelling at him, crucify him, crucify him. Why? Because of hearsay. Hearsay will do a lot of things. It will crucify the innocent and bring judgment to those who don't deserve it. Can I encourage you for a moment? We got to be deeper in our praise for God. Hear me. We got to be deeper when we love God than just this shallow, empty praise. Maybe you're sitting in this room or maybe you're sitting at home and you're saying to yourself, man, I can probably up my game a little bit. Can I encourage you? On this Easter weekend, Holy Week as we approach Easter weekend, think about the goodness of God. Think about the goodness of the Savior to endure all that he did so that you could have this Holy Week. You see, without Jesus, this Holy Week makes no sense. Without Jesus, this makes no sense. This Easter season, take a moment and reflect on all that God means to you. Not just some emotional motivation, but a deeper praising God on a new level. Don't quench your praise because of circumstances that you didn't expect. Listen, this global pandemic should not steal your praise. God is still God. And one day, in hindsight, we may be able to see what God did here. We may be able to see what what has, but one thing that hasn't changed is that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'll share with you one more thing. William Law was a priest in the Church of England, and he was famed in saying this quote. He said this, How would you know who the greatest saint in the world is? It is not he who prays or fasts the most. It is not he who gives the most alms or is most eminent for temperance, chastity, or justice. But it is he who always is thankful to God, who who wills everything that God wills, who receives everything as an instance of God's goodness and has a heart always ready to praise God for it. Look at me, friend. The person that's the greatest is the one that always honors God and praises God, regardless of the circumstance. Remember, mediocre praise brings mediocre peace. Some of us have mediocre peace because we we are just not giving him the praise he deserves. Friend, let me implore you with this. Don't let no rock do your job. Let's say a prayer together. Father, I'm thankful today because you are good. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, I pray right now as I extend my hand to everyone listening to me at the sound of my voice right now. I extend myself to them asking you, Lord, if there's anyone 
that has not fully committed their lives to Jesus, I'm asking you, God, speak to their heart right now. Let them sense and know how good you are. Let them sense how close you are to them at this very moment. If you're listening from any place right now, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. If you're listening to me and you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can I just come to you right now and ask you, do you know him? If you don't, I'm going to ask you and invite you to pray this prayer with me. Just close your eyes for even just a moment and repeat this prayer with me. Believe it with all your heart and pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I recognize I need a Savior. I realize that you are Lord. I accept that I'm a sinner. I believe that you died for me. I confess you as my Lord. Come into my life. Make me clean. Forgive me of my past. And give me a promised future. I love you, Jesus. Help me to love you more. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I would love to hear from you. Do me a favor. Message us. Go to our website. Go to right now, right on the comments. In fact, if you prayed that for the very first time, I invite you right now to get into the chat, get into the comments, and say, I just accepted Jesus as my Savior. If you need a Bible, look at me. If you need a Bible, write to us. Tell us. Message us. Let us know. We will send you a Bible. You need a Bible? We will send one to you. But do not, do not go through life without the Word of God. We believe that there is hope in Jesus, and that hope is the life eternal that he has promised us. My prayer today is that this message has helped you to look at Christ and make a priority of Jesus in your life. I want to let you go in just a moment, but not before I give you one more opportunity to worship God. If those of you that consider Freedom Life Church your home, I'll just remind you that the doors publicly weekly for our meetings are closed but there is still a very real need and that need is to continue to do ministry and so I want to encourage you uh, to be able to um, help us in that work is to give online there are three ways to give that we encourage you the first one is to mail in your uh, your tithes your offerings a gift to this ministry if this is not your home church and you have a home church, your tithe has to go to your local church, not to us. If you're just listening in, God bless you. I pray you're blessed by it. If you want to send an offering above your tithe, that's up to you. But your tithe goes to your local church, not to us. If you have a church that you call home, tithe there. Mail it in there. They need your tithe. They need to continue functioning. You can mail it into Freedom Life Church at 3114 State Route 405 in Milton. Milton, PA. 17847. Second way to give is right online. We are freedomlife.com. Click give and then it'll give you the instructions there. 
Or the third option is text to give. Friend, I don't consider this less important. But you need to understand that giving is a, a, a form of worship. And if tech and multimedia and technology is a way to give, you can text to give to the number 84321 and then put your amount in the message and then follow the screen directions. You only have to register once and it'll then register you uh, moving forward. You never have to register again. But the three ways to give, you can mail it, go online at wearefreedomlife.com or text to give at 84321 with your amount. That means the world to us. With the doors being closed publicly, I can't tell you how much this ministry depends on that tithe and that offering. So thank you so much in advance. We appreciate your giving and your um, faithfulness to the Lord. Covenant partners, make sure you keep, keep on top of that. And most of all, please continue to pray for us and this entire leadership team as we continue to lead in this uh, Easter and Holy Week. God bless you and have a wonderful weekend. Before you do anything else, share this broadcast. Bless somebody else with this Palm Sunday message. And listen, don't let the rocks cry out.